let him come unto me. And all the sons of Levi gathered themselves together unto him. For Moses had said, Consecrate yourselves today to the Lord, even every man upon his son and upon his brother, that he may bestow upon you a blessing this day. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Marie Speaks God's Grace. Let's begin with our Star Spangled Banner, followed by the Pledge of Allegiance and a prayer, which we will also call a benediction to our Father in Heaven. of God. Welcome back to Marie Speaks God's Grace Bible Study. Today we're going to be going Numbers over Numbers chapter 24. And I'm excited for this Bible study for a couple of different reasons. I truly felt like our Father in Heaven was calling us or has been calling us to dig deeper in this previous Bible studies. And I feel like God has been sharing and leading us that many of the prophecies that are going to be spoken about in this chapter particularly talk about the times that are going on today talk about 
how we can be blessed if we follow the word of our Hashem. We can be blessed and we will be blessed if we truly remember the Lord our God who we serve and we truly cling to the cloak of our Yeshua HaMashiach. If we truly believe and forsake the ways of this fallen, forgetful, harmful, shameful, wicked world, we could change things around where God has planted us in our homes, in our temples, our persons, in our towns, our cities, and our nations. We can expand the kingdom of God right here and now if we would simply turn to Him. Let's pray. Father God, in the blessed name of our Jesus Christ of Nazareth, our Savior, our wonderful Lord, our King, we come to you today in prayer and we lift up our voices and we thank you for putting us together as you have. We thank you for blessing us with the many gifts and thoughts and character that you have given us because it's all from you. We pray that we do more to seek you and become more like our Christ. And we pray that we truly live up to your greatest commandment, which is to love the Lord our God with our whole heart, our whole mind, and our whole might. And also another one of your greatest commandments it's to love our brothers and sisters in Christ as we love ourselves. That we care about the words that we choose towards one another and our actions towards one another, Lord, and our thoughts towards one another. For you've taken so wonderful care in your thoughts towards us. We pray that at any time, those in the body of Christ ever become confused that instead of relying on a news source or even friends or family but instead we go to the spirit of truth that is you God you are the only one that will give us the ultimate truth the pure truth and the good truth so as we are here today and many are <clears throat> confused and worried and not understanding many are prideful many are just downright rebellious we pray that each and every one of us come to you with a humble and giving heart we seek your ways and we seek your face and we turn away from culture we turn away from society expectations perversion and such but instead we go back to the very beginning of what you originally intended and do our best while we are here to live up to that to honor and glorify you and the sacrifice of your only begotten son that you gave up for us Lord our Jesus our Christ Emmanuel for God is always and forever with us we pray for our nation we pray for other nations who are fighting for your agenda, Lord. We pray for President Trump, for President Putin, for all the people over there that are in many different war zones all over this world, Lord. We pray that your will be done and there will truly be 
peace on earth and goodwill towards men. Hallelujah and glory. We pray this all in the mighty name of our Yeshua HaMashiach, filled with the Holy Spirit, the Ruach HaKadosh, and sealed with the blood of Christ. Yes and Amen. Amen. Hello, children of God. Welcome back to Marie Speaks God's Grace Bible Study. And as I explained before, we are on Numbers. There we go. Numbers chapter 24. Now, I'm excited about this Bible study. As always, this is going to be quite a long Bible study. Um, I truly feel like our Father in Heaven has been calling us to dive deeper, dive deeper, go into more detail, more definitions and truly focus on what God um, is trying to get across and has been telling us to learn and to focus on. So that's what we have been doing, especially uh, these last three or four Bible studies. So get your coffee, get your tea, <laughs> and get your notebooks because we are diving in in Jesus' name. Amen. What you see on the screen before you is our main social media page, Minds. Dot com. Here on Minds.com, we post many of our social media updates, some things we were interested in, and some things we found through researching the latest Bible study. We are no longer using DuckDuckGo here at Marie Speaks God's Grace Bible Study. We will continue to use the Brave browser, and we can accept donations through the Brave browser, B-A-T, um, coin. So, yeah, if you want to keep up to date with us on here, I love sharing the videos and what we're into, some things I found interesting. Um, by the way, for those who celebrated, um, Blessed Purim, I always say that wrong. I always want to say Purim. Um, yeah, that is Purim. Um, for those that celebrated, we had a good time. It was really nice, relaxing. I loved it. And then, of course, yesterday was or today is the Sabbath, so Shabbat Shalom in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. And please also, you can always keep up to date with us on our website, mariespeaksgodsgrace.live. If you go under Season 4 blog page, you will see our latest and greatest blog that we are going over for today's Bible study. So let me click right here so I don't make everyone dizzy with the scrolling. Um, here at Marie Speaks God's Grace Bible Study, we go over the historical part of the Bible study, then we go over the biblical part of the Bible study, and then we go over... <laughs> I am just realizing I don't have my notebook in here. <laughs> I did that. Let me go get it. Give me five seconds. Count it out. Sorry about that. <laughs> I have my notebook now. All right. <laughs> um, yes, so we go over the historical part of the Bible study, the biblical part of the Bible study, and then the 
Torah teaching where we don't go over all the verses again to avoid redundancy, but instead we go over um, the Bible verses that I feel that our Father in Heaven highlighted to us while I was studying the Torah. Amen and amen. All right. So for most of the historical part of this Bible study, um, to check out what we first spoke about at the very beginning um, regarding whole Balaam and Balak and the prophecies that were spoken over the beautiful nation of Israel, you're going to have to go to our blog for Numbers chapter 22 with all the links and the Bible studies are in there. All right. So let's continue to... I believe the only historical part of the Bible study teaching that we have out of a handbook, Richard's Complete Bible Study Handbook. Um, all the links are hyperlinked and for the blogs from now on to allow a more easier, easier um, transcription audio for the podcast. <laughs> all right. So let's go into this right here. Where am I? Here we are. I have my hard copy version of Richard's Bible Study Handbook, but the link to the e-version is on the screen for those who would like to read on their own. So let me just go to this part and here we are. The third oracle of Balaam. They moved yet to another location. Seven altars and seven sacrifices were prepared. Balak still hopes God will permit Balaam to curse Israel. But again, the seer is forced to announce a blessing. One going back to the Abrahamic promise covenant may those who bless you be blessed and those who cursed you be cursed a furious Balak banishes Balaam to his house which isn't really much of a punishment because let's remember Balaam is a very rich wealthy sought after sorcerer it isn't like he is impoverished living in the ghetto or gutter he is most likely living in some kind of an evil palace um, that they had for themselves built in those times with complete with servants and perverse concubines because you know how they do in the evil kingdom um so i don't feel too sorry for him yes could it have been you know, maybe a little shame that came with being banished from Balak's present. Sure, a little embarrassment. Of course, why not? Um, but being sent home to live in your fabulous palace and then be sought after for other evil jobs, Balaam isn't going to be suffering. You see what I'm saying? The, he was probably only sad that he didn't get a whole household of more silver and gold from Balak. The fourth and fifth oracle. <clears throat> Before Balaam leaves, he is forced to pronounce the coming destruction of Moab. And he is forced to pronounce the coming destruction of Moab at the hands of Israel and to announce Israel's ultimate ascendancy. 
So that's what it says in Richard's complete Bible handbook to read the other uh, Bible study handbook commentaries. Please click on the links in the blog or in the description box. Here we go. Oh, yes. I'm so excited for this. All right. So when I was studying um, this chapter of the Bible, I really felt like God kept saying to look at Job, um, the book of Job. And I was like, God, what does the book of Job have to do with this chapter? I mean, they're completely different scenarios. And I felt like God was like, are they? And I was like, I'm going to say no. <laughs> so I read um, the first chapters of Job, and this is what I felt God was leading us to. Father God, in the blessed name of our Jesus Christ of Nazareth, thank you for your leading, for your guiding. Thank you for your correction. Thank you for your spirit being upon us. Thank you for being a good father to all of us, Lord, wherever we are, and loving us from the very beginning. We pray this in the mighty name of our Jesus Christ of Nazareth, filled with the Holy Spirit, the Ruach HaKadosh, and sealed with the blood of Christ. Amen. Oh, my Jesus. All right. Let's get into the biblical portion of the Bible study just a little bit and then we'll backtrack. The following verse is the kind of talk or speech that kind of, for lack of better words, if I may say it bluntly, pisses me off. I wanted to go over this because this is what I felt God point out to us. Numbers chapter 24 verse 10. Then Balak was very angry with Balaam, and he smote his hands together. So Balaam said, Balak said unto Balaam, I sent for thee to curse my enemies, and behold, thou hast blessed them now three times. Therefore, now flee unto thy place. I thought surely to promote thee unto honor, but lo, the Lord has kept thee back from honor. Now, I was studying the Bible and I was like, God, who does, who does this Balak person think he is? He's not the one who raises up kings and sets them down. He's not the one where true honor is for, my Lord. True honor and glory and righteousness comes from you. Who does this Balak, arrogant, self-righteous, demonic king think he is, right? I was very, very annoyed. And this is what I was led to. I don't know about anyone else, but for me, when someone thinks that they have control over my blessings and the honor and not God, I get a fire of anger. I cannot stand controlling people. I can't stand anyone so arrogant to think that they have enough power to even impact me as a child of the only living God. I am not perfect by any means, but I know this. My God is in full control of everything. 
reading the Bible and spending time with God has taught me nothing happens without my God's say so. This means difficult times, this means happy times, this means sad, funny, odd, supernatural, and more times or seasons and events. My God is in control of all. And well, that is the way I like it. I truly love God being in control of my life. I remember, you know, a couple of years ago, there were certain individuals who are no longer in my life, by the way. Thank you, Yahweh. Um, and <laughs> they, for some reason, were so frustrated that I wasn't willing to go certain places and do certain things. Now, me not liking controlling people, I don't like to control people. Um, I have learned that those controlling individuals, it's a form of witchcraft and sorcery, but God has given us free will. So that's just a spiritual teaching for those who don't know. If you are around someone who is oppressive, who is belittling you, who is um, starving you emotionally or financially as a means to control you, who beat you down with words, fists, or actions, that is not a relationship ordained by our Father in Heaven to be upon His children. I don't care who you are. Um, in the body of Christ, God has made you free, not a slave or someone to be used and abused. Amen? Amen. That being said, we're not supposed to be that way either, right? All right. So I don't ever tell someone what to do in the expectation of my word is gold stone and you better abide by it or else if someone asks my advice i'll give you advice i mean advice is free advice is like belly buttons everybody got one some of them stink <laughs> you know um so i will lend my advice and i'll say you know what the bible says I'll say what I've experienced, maybe I'll throw in what some psychology has said, but I will never do it with the expectation anymore <laughs> of someone better listen to me or else. Does that make sense? At the same token, I don't let anyone treat me that way. If someone wants me to do things that go against my relationship with God, it's not going to happen. Um, but... I simply state what I'm not going to do. For example, if someone was like, Marie, let's go to a strip club, right? Just an example, extreme example. I would say no and no thank you. <laughs> no thank you, right? Um, that isn't anywhere I feel a child of the living God should be visual, visually seeing be there with their presence. I do not want to expose the Holy Spirit within me to that type of filth. I don't believe that's anywhere. Um, someone who teaches the Word of God should be going and be spending their God-given money, their God-given blessings, and then have the audacity to come on here and teach about the laws and ways of God. And furthermore, I don't believe that's how God's children should be treated, um, to be used in abuse in those places and use as sexual objects. I don't believe any of that is God. I believe that is abuse and satanic and that is me. Um, 
Furthermore, I believe it goes against the word of God because the word of God says we shouldn't be whores or whoremongers, but also we shouldn't be prostitutes or teach ourselves to be prostitutes or teach others to be prostitutes. And that's basically what going to a strip club is. It is a kuldanini serpent dancing similar to thank you father similar to what uh the daughter did when she was dancing for king herod remember king herod's daughter um danced seductively for him and all his friends and then she had a request based on her mother's request to have john the baptist beheaded it's the same thing stripping zumba all that sexual bump and grind dancing whether it's in a club or at a gym or on a pole or on a stage if it's something not between husband and wife it is serpent kundalini dancing and that's nothing that children of god are supposed to be into in jesus name amen so i merely state what i'm not going to do and if someone is offended at the fact that I won't go certain places or I won't do certain things or listen to certain types of music or whatever it is, those individuals are obviously not the people for me. Amen. That being said, I had to build up the confidence to be like, obviously those people are not for God. They're not for my relationship with God. Therefore, they probably won't be in my life if they are going to keep on pressing an issue. Does that make sense? Right. hope that explains a little bit why I cannot stand controlling people, but also how and why I am not controlling. And I believe it goes against God to be controlling. Amen and amen. All right. I have a peace and a calm knowing that in the full ability and faithfulness of my father, me knowing that whatever has happened, I know I can read the Bible and find peace in Jesus. Or go speak to God in prayer and ask questions and in now time and in no time my faithful father will help me understand or send me wisdom not because I am so awesome no simply because I have a relationship with my father or because I asked or maybe it's because for his glory he'll allow some things to be done and I might know about them of course some might say but it is Balaam, a servant of darkness, and God still is in control. Yes, God is still in control even when evilness is allowed. Let's think of two, right? Because out of the mouth of two witnesses. Okay, we're going to go into the story of Job. But also in the book of Exodus, you know, God sent the spirit of, or the angel of death. On the last night, right, it was the 10th plague, the most gruesome plague, and the firstborn of everything, of everything that did not love God was killed. Firstborn of beasts, firstborn of crops, firstborn uh, children, they were all killed. Even the Pharaoh's firstborn son was killed, right? All those who, Jews and Hebrews who were not in their household having the Passover dinner, um, and didn't put the habiscus with the blood of the lamb on their doorposts. Their firstborns were killed. Why? Because they were not obedient to the word of God. And they were probably in rebellion and into some witchcraft. And, and mixing with the Egyptian witchcraft. Their offspring and all that stuff. Which we were told not to do. Right? So we 
need to understand that God is in control. Even when difficult things happen, there is a reason for it. Even when things we don't understand, gruesome things, why it happens, it happens, okay? Think of also what happened to Jezebel and her daughter. Ooh, they were stomped out, right? <laughs> dogs were eating their carcasses. Nothing was found left of them but uh, some bones and the dogs were chewing on them, right? The wild dogs. But that was prophesied by one of God's servants that that would happen why because they were so wicked so things happen to the just the righteous and the wicked god is in full control for it is written in his word so let's go into the book of job job is holy he has riches and he has children satan has permission to tempt him right he is tempted and god will not allow us to be what tempted beyond our point to resist all those who call out on the name of God in their moment of detention, um, temptation or woe, he will be there for them and rescue them for it is written in his word. Psalms 91. He has tempted him by taking away his substance and his children. He also takes away his health. That isn't noted here. But those are some ways in how the devil, Satan, excuse me, how Satan tempts God's children. He will tempt them by going against their substance and their wealth. And look at what's going on today. Look at the things that people are doing to get some money or move up and move up in the world or to keep that job that God probably doesn't even want them into because God's gonna do a revamping of that whole occupation. Look at what they're doing. There's a lot of people who are aiding the kingdom of darkness just to keep that job that God doesn't even want them in. That's why we should always go to God first. Don't come to me first. Don't go to them first. Don't go to astrology, the skies, the, the milk jugs, and the egg yolks, the tea leaves. No, no, no. Go to God first. Amen in Jesus' name. Verse, I mean, chapter 20 of that uh, book of Job. His faith and patience show through right and then after his faith faith and patience is shown through he is greatly rewarded because he did not go against the word of god he didn't act out in his anger he didn't curse god he didn't uh blame god he did ask why but that seems why out of frustration instead of why of understanding or trying to learn what God corrects them on. And we all need some correction. God corrects those who love. He loves, right? All right. So let's read about this. We're going to read about the character of Job. Job, in a way, is the character of Israel and the Christian church. And I mean the true Israel, the Hebrews and the true Jews, okay? And I mean the Christians, the cold, the lukewarm, and the hot. We're going to read about this. There was a man in the land of Uz called Job. This man was an upright and just man, one that feared God and eschewed evil. So he stayed away from evil. He himself fled from evil. He himself did not participate in evil. But he had seven sons and three daughters. Number nine, nine means justice in the kingdom of God. His substance also was 7,000 sheep, 
3,000 camels and 500 yoke on of oxen and 500 she asses and his family was very great so that this man was the greatest of all the men of the east and his sons went on banqueted in their houses now what is a banquet a banquet is basically a fiesta they had a fiesta all the time in his son's house so his how many sons does he have again his seven sons their wives and their and their children of those seven sons were partying like rock stars quite often in their houses now god calls our houses to be spiritual tabernacles and temples of the most high living god this is where we are supposed to fast this is where we're supposed to pray this is where the bible studies hello begin this is where we read our torah this is where we wake up praise god go to sleep praising god and everything in between this is what our houses are called to be yes are there celebrations oh yes there's supposed to be biblical feast celebrations and weddings right a wedding by the way is a biblical feast because someday we will be having this beautiful wedding when our jesus returns right amen in jesus name so this is what is supposed to be going on in our house what is not supposed to be going in our on in our house is any sin sin sinning let's continue to read and his sons went and banqueted in their houses everyone his day so over here this one for seven days straight so there was no praising and raising God all the week long, all the month long, all the annual long. Instead, his sons and his daughters together were just partying like rock stars every single day. You do not hear them worshiping or praising God or offering any sacrifices because that's what they were doing at this time unto Hashem, right? And his sons went and banqueted in their house every one his day and sent and called their three sisters to eat and drink with them. Are we supposed to be partying like rock stars every day and not thanking or observing God? No. Is it terrible to drink wine or strong alcohols if you do it in excess? If you go towards that for your comfort, if you go to, to alcohol or any drug or any substance, um man-made or or earth or godly made as a form of rest and relaxation or uh mind expansion we see that now right that is against god there's no other way to go around it okay and when the days of their banqueting were gone about job sent and sacrificed them and rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings according to the number of all of them for job thought it may it may be that my sons have sinned and blasphemed god in their hearts thus did job every day so what do we hear that job did many have asked me why do i think satan was spiritually and legally allowed to tempt job this is why i believe it why and when the days of their banqueting meaning that was seven days a week all year round the days of their banqueting all nine of job's children were gone about job sent and sacrificed for them 
Why weren't they sacrificing? Why wasn't Job correcting his children saying, I don't care how old you are, you need to serve the Lord our God. Have you remembered to pray today? Have you remembered to fast? When was the last time you fast? When was the last time you went to synagogue or to church? When was the last time you honored and glorified God with all the wealth and abundance that you have been given and God has given you through me? When was the last time you did this? Oh, a long time or never? Job should have been doing his parental duty because it's a parental covenant and a covenant in a covenant in God through God with God for God for his honor and glory never ends. It is forever ever from all the generations, right? Amen. But Job didn't do that. Instead, he took it upon himself, which that is not where God told us to put our sins of others upon ourselves. In fact, in the book of Proverbs, it says, don't take anyone's debt. It is unwise to take debt of others. It's unwise to take someone else's sin onto yourself. Should you share their burdens? Yes, the Bible does say that. But it says, you don't take anyone's sin upon you. Right? You're supposed to give that sin at this time into the sacrifices to God, Hashem, right? And then now, because of our beautiful Jesus, you give your sins to Jesus when you accept our Yeshua HaMashiach as your wonderful Lord and Savior, right? And you go forth and sin no more or else worse will happen to you. But Job didn't do that. So every day, all day, Job was offering sacrifices instead of just correcting his children. So Job, that's nine covenants right there because of nine children that Job was going against. This right here, this minimum right here, which is not minimum, it's obviously a huge thing, right? Because it's a covenant. Um, from what I can see, this is what allowed the Satan to go to God and be like, I can tempt him, right? I believe this, let's read. Satan is allowed to test Job. Now on the day when the children of God came and stood before the Lord, that's Jesus, the children of God, that means all the spirits, all the hosts, um, evil spirits and godly spirits, right? Heavenly spirits, all of these spirits, bitterness, joy, love, pure, good, honor, respect. Um, Lord, I'm not speaking anything evil over your children father god i'm just providing examples of you know the spiritual kingdoms that exist the marine kingdom the cave kingdom the principalities on the air above the air in the waters in the cave every single spirit that exists and there are many good and evil these spirits come before the lord the children of god including the beautiful angels of our father right they come before god but they stand before the Lord. Who is the Lord? Our Yeshua HaMashiach. Amen. Everyone stands before the Lord. Satan came also among them. Then the Lord, Jesus, said to Satan, Whence comest thou? And Satan answered the Lord, saying, From compassing the earth to and fro and walking it. Amen. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, how none is like him on all the earth, an upright just man, one that feareth God and excuse evil? 
Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear God or not? Has thou not made a hedge around him, meaning the hedge of protection? All those who love God, what Job loves God, he fears God, he serves God, he himself flees from evil. But he's not teaching others. The most important among him, his children, to flee from evil. In fact, by his compliance, maybe kind of encouraging their lifestyle with his silence, he allows this evil that they are doing to continue. What is the evil that they're doing, Marie? They're just hanging out as a family, you know, having a good time. Even when we hang out as a family, we are to praise God first and recognize God first that he has allowed all these blessings to happen. We are supposed to honor our Father with our first fruits of each and every day and that includes time with our family, our waking up, our going to sleep, every meal that we have, every cup of water that we drink, every cup of wine that we drink, we are supposed to be honoring God. Unfortunately, when we have had righteous men and women who love the Lord, but they haven't passed on the fear of the Lord like Job hasn't done, when they refuse through, maybe they don't want to argue, maybe they don't want confrontation, maybe they don't want their children to get mad at them, maybe they want to be the cool parent, maybe they want to be the cool boss, whatever it is. When they allow that to continue, they allow the breeding of misconduct and abuse and not serving our father to happen. And that breeding, unfortunately, passes on to the next generation and the next generation until someone gets right with our father and chooses to love him. This is what happens. Oh, father, forgive us. Then Satan answered the Lord and says, Does thou fear God or not? I mean, does Job fear God or not? Has that not made a hedge of protection around about his house and about all that have on every side? Yes, you have. And thou hast blessed the work of his hands and his substance in the increase in the land. But stretch out not thy hand, nor touch all that he has, to see if he will not blaspheme thee to thy face. Now, what is it con to consider blaspheming God, right? Let me get the dictionary. So, I just got this dictionary. This is a compact dictionary handbook. So, what year is this? I love going to bookstores, a little side note as I look it up. And I love finding older books. I got this book for the grand price of $1. <laughs> um, and this book was, is a fourth printing from 1970. Hallelujah, copywritten in 1967. So we're gonna look up the definition of blasphemy because this is the closest dictionary. Actually, I could probably, if I don't find it in here, Oh, I'll look in another Bible dictionary, blasphemy. There we go. 
the definition of blasphemy to reproach or to bring a railing a accusation against anyone that is bad enough jude chapter 9 but to speak lightly or carelessly of god is a mortal sin in israel the punishment for blasphemy was death by stoning leviticus chapter 24 verses 10 through 16 our lord and stephen were falsely accused of blasphemy what our lord said would have been blasphemy where it is not true amen so that's the definition for this one what is it compact bible dictionary i like that excuse me um so that's the biblical definition of blasphemy so satan wants to be able to tempt job to see if he will blasphemy god that is always will always not 90 percent the time what satan wants god's children to do to blaspheme god um and that's why it's our job when we are going through struggles or to trials instead of blaspheming god or blaming god or trying to find fault god or say it's your fault no 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 instead ask god god did this trial did this tempting did this tribulation come about i know it came about for a reason for you are a good and merciful god you work all things out for my good you you test us you try us you refine us my lord i beseech you please for your honor your glory show me why these circumstances are coming about so that i may learn and improve or is this coming about so i can help someone else is this coming about through fault of my own lord explain to me for you are awesome and good and you are my father and you only correct and test those who you love right marie sounds like you've prayed that before oh yes <laughs> i love my father something along the lines when something happens I ask God. I don't ask anyone else. And some people get offended by this. But no. I ask our Father who is in heaven. Why? Because God is the spirit of truth. God is going to give me X, Y, and Z. Why something is happening. It may not. He may not tell me that very second. But I guarantee you this. It may take years. But I may understand later. God will show us. I can declare in the name of the Lord. A testimony, testimony, testimony. <laughs> I love our father because he has shown me now why certain things had to happen eight, nine, ten years ago. And why certain things continue to happen because a lot of times, you know, Miss Marie just didn't learn her dangong lesson. I should have learned my dangong lesson, but I didn't. I should have. But that's what until I learned my lesson, right, Father? Hmm. Then things got mobeta, as I like to incorrectly say. All right, so let's read this. And then the Lord said um, unto Satan, Lo, all that he has is in thy hand only. Upon him shalt thou not stretch out thy hand. So Satan departed from the presence of the Lord, who is Jesus. Amen. Satan takes Job's property and Job's children. On that day, on that very day, because Satan don't waste no time, when his sons and daughters were eating, this is another occasion, right? When they were having a fiesta, another celebration, instead of honoring and glorifying God, when Satan has been allowed to tempt 
getting hot. Amen. Feel the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. Um, when Satan has been allowed to tempt God's children, he will wait for the next occurrence that it happens to tempt God's children. How do we know this is spiritually, um, spiritually sound and biblically correct? When Jesus cured the man, right? And then he went and he saw the man at the synagogue. What did Jesus say to the man? He said, ah, I remember you, right? God, Jesus, who is Lord, re-identified, said, you asked for your curing, you asked for your healing. I cured you. I, I thought you were sincere in your repentance. Now, 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 that you have done all this work to get right with God, go forth and sin no more, least worse will happen to you, right? And then Jesus also backed it up with a parable. He said, the evil ones, when they are cast out, the evil spirits, they go about the dry places looking for a house to field. Not finding a house, they want to go back to their original home. When they go back to the original home, they find that it is swept and clean. And so they go about to the dry places looking for seven worse evil spirits, worse and demonic and evil than themselves so when they come back if that house is not clean the person is worse off than when they first began so if we get healed or redeemed or restored by god amen for a specific reason and then we fall back into that this is when satan is allowed to tempt us so this is quite different then let's say you make a vow to never curse again, right? But then you're walking and you stub your toe and you say, oh, shh, right? Now, that is a sin, yes. But to fall back into sinful living means God has cured your tongue from cursing every other word, cursing in your mind when you think he has freed you from this, right? But instead, you willfully intentional every time, even when you're not angry, even when you're not sad, you just start doing it and you fall back into that. That is sinful living. That is intentionally going against a freedom that God has, uh, evil, that is, let me re-explain that. Thank you, Father. That is intentionally going against into something that God has delivered you from. Amen. That is sending away the Holy Spirit that you have welcomed in. And when you send away the Holy Spirit that God has put in a place and filled the void in, the evil ones will come and find that that house isn't clean and swept and will allow that, that transgression will allow the evil ones to attack us, which we rebuke in Yeshua's great name. Amen? Amen. All right. Whew. All right. Let's go to this. On that day when his sons and daughters who were sinning and eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house, there came a messenger unto Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the asses feeding in their places, and the Siberians were viol came violently and took them. Ye, they have slain their servants with the edge of the sword, but only I have escaped unto thee. And while he was yet speaking, another came and said, The fire of God has fallen from heaven and has burnt up the sheep and the servants and devoured them. But only I escaped alone to tell thee. 
And while he was yet speaking, another came. So this is the third servant. The Chaldeans set on three bands and fell upon the camels and have taken them and have slain the servants with the edge of the sword. But I only escaped alone to tell thee. And then while he was yet speaking, a fourth one came, right? And said, Thy sons and thy daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And behold, there came a great wind from beyond the wilderness and smote the four corners of the house, which fell upon the children, and they are dead, and I only escaped unto thee. So Satan sent the wind, he sent an army, the Chaldeans, right? A band. He also sent wild animals, right? So all of these, they, they went and attacked to his children, his finances, his workers, his land, uh, his food source, his selling source, his money source, his clothes source, everything that had to provide a means outwardly for Job has just been attacked on that very day. Then Job arose and rent his garments and shaved his head, which is a sign of remorse and um, repenting in sackcloth and ashes. One shaves their head when they are in repentance or they have touched a dead body. <laughs> if they were a priest, right? They were a Nazarite. They went against um, their vow in some way. They would have to shave their head. Excuse me, I needed to drink some water. Then Job arose, rent his garments, shaved his head, and fell down upon the ground and worshipped. And said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. And the Lord has given, the Lord has taken it. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So even... Obviously, when the worst things that have happened to Job, he still praises God and he's like, I understand God. These things happen by your sovereign rule. In all of this, did not Job sin nor charge God foolishly? I fast forwarded to the um, last chapter. This book from the Bible showed me in so many different ways God is in control. And if only I trust and have faith, and will it all will end well. I just need to have courage, faith, and endurance and trust in my God. Other people are nice to have, but no one compares to my God. No one. So I pray others, if you get a chance, please go and read the book of Job. Go read it in its entirety. You, in my opinion, this is what I experience, apply it to your life and we will be able to see what God has shown us through the book of Job. No, it's not something to build your whole theology of on or anything like that. Um, but I believe the book of Job is a good book to show us one, how we as parents are supposed to be correcting those, our children, when they are transgressing and going against God. I believe us as employers or employees, how we are supposed to be living godly lives, working for the Lord, um, making sure that we treat our employees fairly. And I also believe it shows how we should, um, the types of friends we should have and shouldn't have. The book of Job, in my opinion, is a really great way to 
take a step back, take a self-assessment with God and say, God, am I living right by you? Am I doing everything that your word has called me to do? And then if you see some correction, repent, fast, pray, and go out there and do greater things for the glory of the living God. Now, now that we have seen um, or gone over the book of Job, just a small chapter, um, let's see the nation of Israel. Now, for all intensive purposes, just spiritually speaking, the nation of Israel is Job in these next coming chapters. They haven't been perfect. No, <laughs> they have you know, gone against God in a lot of ways. They have gone against God's prophets. They have murmured, they have whined, they have complained, they did the whole golden calf, but God still loved them and forgave them, right? They repented. Oh, and then they were wandering the desert for 40 years. They wanted manna, they hated the manna. They wanted meat, they hated the meat. They were just doing the most, but God still loved them. And then here comes Satan, which is Balak and Balaam in this case, right? One wants to curse the children of the nation of Israel. The other one wants to be paid greatly to curse them. But God says, no, 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 you will speak. You're only allowed to do what I say you're allowed to do. And right now, all you're allowed to do is speak what I'm telling you to speak. Amen and amen. So let's read this. Father God, thank you for your word. Thank you for showing us the parallels Thank you for showing us how we can correct ourselves in our lives so that we may always be found righteous before you and blameless before you. And we pray that none of us, if we ever get tempted or when we ever get tempted, which we're not asking for it, Lord, I'm just saying. <laughs> no, thank you. Um, now we pray that all of us stay true and stand strong and never, never, never turn our back on you or blaspheme you or our, our blessed, wonderful Savior. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray, filled with the Holy Spirit, through our foundation, filled with the blood of Christ. Amen. Numbers chapter 24, verses 9, 1 through 9. When Balaam saw that it pleased the Lord to bless Israel, then he went not as to certain times before. He set divinations, but he set his face toward the wilderness. Now, and Balaam, sorry, let me read through the verses. We'll go through this next. And Balaam lifted up his eyes and looked upon Israel, which dwelt according to their tribes, right? Because this was the order of God. And the Spirit of God came upon him, and he uttered his parable, mm, parables of God, and said, Balaam, son of Beor, has said, and the man whose eyes were shut has said, he has said which heard the words of God and saw the vision of the Almighty and falling into a trance had his eyes opened. Now this is spiritually opened, not physically opened and falling into a trance meaning he fell down on his face, fell into a trance spiritually. Um, I don't believe this is the same as being taken up into the spirit. What I believe this is, his physical body was flat on his face with his eyes closed, but his spiritual eyes were open. And I'm not talking new age or anything like that. And this is what he says. How godly are thy tents, O Jacob, and thy... And 
habitations, O Israel. Now, Jacob is us before we come to the Lord, that rebellious, cunning, lying, deceiving, wicked side of us. And after we come to God and have a relationship and covenant with God and accept his laws, orders, and commandments over our life and accept our Jesus as Lord, then we are Israel, right? As the valleys are, they stretch forth, as the gardens by the riverside, as the aloe trees which the Lord has planted, as the cedars beside the water. And the water droppeth out of the bucket, and its seed shall be in many waters, and his king shall be higher than Agog, and his kingdom shall be exalted. God brought him out of Egypt, out of slavery, out of bondage, out of persecution, out of genocide, out of drugging, out of mugging, out of an adulterous relationship, out of a drug use, out of abuse, out of famine. God brought us out of Egypt. His strength shall be as a unicorn, hallelujah, and he shall eat the nations of his enemies and the bruises of their bones, and shoot them through with his arrows. He crouches and lies down as a young lion, some versions say young lioness, and as a lion, and he shall stir him up. Blessed is he that blesseth thee, and cursed is he that curseth thee. Don't go against God, people. Don't go against God, people. It doesn't matter if they have a small anointing or a great anointing. doesn't matter if they're a baby Christian or a salty Christian, you know. Don't, don't do it. Just keep it yay, yay or nay, nay and keep it moving. We are not all called to like one another, but we are called to love one another. And this is the best advice that little Miss Marie can give everyone. Don't do it. <laughs> Don't do it. Hold it in. Give it to Jesus. Take your complaints, your gripes, your whining, everything. Take it to Jesus. God, I don't like the way they spoke to me. I don't like the way they treated me. God, they offended me in this way. Take it to Jesus. But Marie, we're supposed to let someone know how they have offended us in order to give them a way to correct them themselves for it is written and if they don't correct themselves then we take it to the elders and then if they take it to the elders and they still refuse to repent or correct themselves you remove them from the church or synagogue yes 100 percent. but i'm saying um that is like with the heavy correction stuff i'm just saying with the light correction stuff you know the petty stuff that some of us can get into let's keep it real some of us i've been to a lot of Bible study groups, some of us <laughs> can be kind of petty, okay? Let's keep it honest. All the petty stuff. You don't like the way someone dresses. They might not be your particular style. You feel someone is too nice or too fake, whatever it is. Not the hardcore stuff, okay? The petty stuff because you insecure and bitter and you mad. Take that to Jesus, okay? Don't be in it, but if you are, take it to Jesus. Let's go over some definitions. Definitions of divination. The attempt to discern future events by such means as trances, visions, to name a few, or physical objects. The physical objects varied. Now, this is Balaam, right? And the verse it said that he 
was trying to do something new because he saw that it blessed the Lord to bless the nation of Israel. This is what God wanted. So instead of relying on his maybe water sourcing, water gazing, his mirror gazing, his Ouija board, his um, tea leaves, whatever else, bones, you know, they throw bones, his little witchcraft cauldron spices and bag of this and eye of that, whatever it is. Instead of doing all that, instead he went to the wilderness and what he was trying to do was trying to remind God about the event that happened in the wilderness, which wanted God, well, several events happened, but the main one was the idolatry of the golden calf scenario, right? This is what Balaam is attempting to remind God about so he can curse the nation of Israel. But obviously God knows the heart of Balaam and he's like, I've already forgiven him for that. When we repent fast and pray and put our sins on the altar of almighty God. Our sins are cast from east to west. They are no longer in the remembrance of our father, especially when we have turned away from those wicked ways, right? There's a difference in committing a sin and there's a difference in sinful living. We went over this already. So if we have committed a sin, but we are no longer in that sin, living that sin, uh, giving money to that sin, encouraging others in those sins, Satan and his enemies or the Balaams of this world have no right to accuse us in the courts of heaven. Therefore, their evil demonic prayers, witches, sorcery, spells, whatever it is, will have nothing when they present their case to God. They will be a bridled accuser, meaning a bridle in their mouth. They will not be able to speak. In fact, them trying to bring uh, false accusations of our past that we are no longer sinning in and they're trying to accuse us on them. That's known as bearing false witness or slander because we are no longer in that sin. This gives us as the children of God the spiritual legal right to say, God, I've already repented of those sins. I'm no longer in those sins. They are slandering me or they are bearing false witness. That is our spiritual legal right that gives us a tool to fight against the evil ones in the courts of heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. So when the evil ones are doing this, this is what Balaam is attempting to do. He is using his little uh, crystals, his stones, all these things, which children of God should not be doing this. No reiki, no tap tap with the spinal stuff. The no, 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 no. Pins and needles, that is against God. Amen. Physical objects varied or throwing sticks and stones into the air and seeing how they land so they can read them. The hoppatoscopy, the examination of the liver or other organs in an animal, the teraphin images used from divination, necromancy, that's witchcraft, sorcery, medium, tarot cards, astrology, communication with the dead, uh, using false prophets, uh, prophets that we know are really prophets of Baal. That is divination, astrology, reading the stars and coming into a conclusion based off their positions and relations, including the trances of their means. They're stargazing, water gazing, mirror gazing, bloody Mary, um, reading the tea leaves. It's all the same thing. Okay. It is witchcraft and sorcery. Superstition is a form of witchcraft. Um, this is something we're not supposed to be into. It is of the occult. God himself, 
God himself, not Miss Marie's opinion, not Josephus's opinion, not anyone else's opinion that thinks that they matter, but God alone sternly condemns all means of seeking hidden knowledge or knowledge of the future apart from his divine revelation. This is why Miss Marie always says, go to God Almighty. In Jesus name and all that information is hyperlinked for those who would like um, to read further on their own is is there or other hours that are certain times before to set definitions yes most of us might know this as something called the witching hour now I suggest to everyone before you click on these links and I should have put it in the blog but I think I forgot before you look up witchcraft or sorcery information or and you're doing your research pray over yourself plead the blood of jesus christ over you over your electronics over your bible study of your household in jesus name we are all covered by the beautiful blood of our yeshua or yeshua hamashiach amen in jesus name sometimes every time when you click on these you'll feel something it's because these witches and these warlocks have put a spell on it you know a booty trap um, so when you click on it, a spell is cast. Rebuke it in Yeshua's great name if you forget to pray like I did and you start clicking on all these things. Okay, all right. Short answer is yes, there is such thing as a witching hour. On um, which others don't know apparently is supposed to be 3 a.m. Um, no, I'm not a witch, but I have studied some witchy things and I can read. Apparently, witches and sorcerers of magic like to use objects, natures, and hours and times for their spells or their hexes or their vexes, something like that. Their hoodoo, their voodoo, their ludoo. Stay away from it in Jesus' name. Mardi Gras. Stay away from it in Jesus' name. Dressing up in costumes like St. Patrick's Day, which just passed. Stay away from it in Jesus' name. Halloween. Stay away from it in Jesus' name. Amen. After reading articles, what I can gather is some... Somehow witches believe that casting spells at certain witch hours are certain witch reasons can invoke a greater evil power and aimed for their evil spell with a witch success. I would imagine some of these evil train of thought. If one could call it again, it makes sense, right? God has appointed times and appointed season for his people in certain locations of remembrance. Certain lands are considered holy than others. So I would imagine the evil realm, which is a copycater, a uh, copycat, he is a false, uh, false Holy Spirit. I would imagine the evil ones have something along the same lines as well. In fact, God has shared with us before how the Georgia Guidestones is a vortex of evil. Now, another item, amen, Father, which God is reminding me is a vortex of evil is all these evil demonic statues that have been put up. Think of all the uh, George Floyd statues, the Obama statues, um, communist statues, the synagogue of Satan statues, um, those Baal statues with disgustingness all over it, uh, the United Nations, that beast that Mexico sent to the United Nations, those are all, those are all pillars or statues intended going up as a vortex to 
to pull principalities of evils from the heavenlies onto those locations to create a strong demonic hold. But, 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 no one can curse what God has blessed. Where the righteous dwell, amen, the lands are healed, redeemed, and store, restored. Only when the righteous give up and don't do what they're supposed to do for God, where they are not ruling and reigning as kings and queens, is evil allowed to conquer those areas. Somewhere, for example, where a lot of that is happening, look at Detroit. Look at Chicago. Look at the great state of New York. I love New York. It's beautiful. I have a lot of friends that live there. But New York needs Jesus. Chicago needs Jesus. San Antonio needs Jesus. Houston needs Jesus. Austin needs Jesus. Vegas needs some Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Los Angeles. They need Jesus. El Paso, Texas. They need some Jesus. Amen. There are a lot of places in America that need the righteous to start conquering and ruling land so those lands could be healed. Marie, how does the righteous begin to have their lands healed? All those who call on to my name, humble themselves and seek my face, repent of their sins and turn from their wicked ways and I will heal their land. Psalms 91. God tells us in his beautiful book that is a bestseller of all time, made into a million gazillion copies each and every year, how to live our lives, how our, our lands can be healed, how we can prosper as his children, and how we are to train our children in the way that they should go so when they are older, they will not turn from it. And it is supposed to be from generation to generation. The problem is when God's people listen to the ways of the world, listen to them saying, oh, you're a controlling parent. I'm not talking about abuse. I'm talking about guidance. Good, love, solid pure guidance for your children throughout their lifetime not until they're 18 when you are a parent it's the same thing when you are a wife and a husband it is forever ever amen when you have a job or occupation god has blessed you with a business whatever it is blessed you with a car blessed you with a house whatever god has blessed you with you are supposed to honor god with it a garden fruit trees vegetables trees Whatever it is. Amen? It goes away when we stop, or gets taken away rather, um, when we stop recognizing who gave us each and every blessing in our lives. Amen? And amen. So, going back. God has appointed certain times and certain seasons and certain locations are holier than others for his people. God showed us that the Georgia Guidestones are is a vortex of evil, just as just as how certain musical songs and musical dances are used to invoke Kudalini, the false Holy Spirit. Amen. All these satanic um, cults and rituals, <coughs> excuse me, they always have their little ceremonies. Just like we have our ceremonies, right? When we are praising and worshiping God on the Sabbath. Some churches have it on Resurrection Sunday. The point is, 
when we go to church, what do we do? We praise and raise God, right? We lift up holy hands to Him. We love God. We donate money, right? We serve, we volunteer, whatever it is. These evil ones are doing the same. The only thing is they never get tired. I don't know why evil... I ask God, God, I love you. Why don't evil people ever get tired of doing evil? How, why is it that righteous people, good people, holy people, people that love you, Lord, why do they get tired of doing good? Why do we get worn down? <laughs> you know, it seems like evil people get re-energized the more evil they do but us the more good we do we're like oh lord i need a break i need a nap i need to eat and i don't know why i don't know why that is it's sad i wish it was the opposite right if it was the opposite more people would probably do good than evil right i don't know i believe balaam was trying to use his go-to divination spells his witchy ways but his usual means of casting were not working, so he decided to go into the wilderness and use nature's elements or energy to try to cast spells or divination, prophecies, fortune telling. And this is what some evil witches do. They'll say, go get a twig of this, an eye of that, herb of this, mix it all together, blah, 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 poof. You know, bippity boppity boo, and they do their little witchy chikuchi spells, which we rebuke that in Yeshua's great name. Hallelujah, praise the Lord, right? Um, so anything could be used for good or evil. It's all about the person, what tool they're using it for. Like, I drink tea, I drink water. It could be used for good. It's good for me to drink all the vitamins. I got the moringa leaves in here. I got some filtered water and some strawberry, frozen strawberries to cool off the water, right? It's good. But if I were to abuse it and use it for evil source, then that's when it becomes divination. This is something that witches and sorcerers always say. Well, Jesus got mud and he spit into it and made a clay and put it on the man's eyes so he can see. Yeah, but the source is from a good, pure source. Righteous trees bring forth righteous fruit. You know, wicked trees bring forth wicked fruit. So if a righteous man or woman is doing some work for the glory of the living God, their heart is in the right place, their intentions in the right place, and they are trying to bring about a blessing for God's children, that's what will happen. But obviously, witches and warlocks, they have evil intentions all the time. So that's what they try to bring about happen. But no one can curse, but the Lord our God has blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. Don't open yourself to it. All right. Instead of Balaam receiving evil divination fortunes, Balaam receives a twofold experience from Almighty God. God placed Balaam in a trance, but not a witch trance. Witches can do trances. They can do their, uh, what is that? Uh, where they pop up other places. Lord, what is it? Projecting? Yes, yes, my Lord. The projecting, projection, that is a witchcraft. Astral projection. Thank you, Father. That is witchcraft. That isn't being taken up in the spirit. Now, we can go in the spirit and go to the spiritual classrooms. We can go to the courts of heaven. That is something different. But this teleportation and this witchy um things that is used to impose their will on someone else amen and amen it's not of god 
God placed Balaam in a trance, but not a witch trance, not a taking up in the spirit trance, but a full rebellious surrender trance. Many of us would call this the experience of the fear of the Lord. This was more than an out-of-body experience. This was God shutting Balaam's earthly evil eyes, but opening up his evil heart and exposing him to the elements of God's pure, holy love and his people. This experience must have been amazingly painful and frustrating for Balaam and convicting for a from a high level of for a high level witch like Balaam. Balaam experiencing God's true love for his hard-headed stiff-necked people must have made Balaam physically sick with trembles. Most of us as Christians now know that Balaam was giving a blessing and a gift in this experience. A chance at redemption and restoration in Christ. But to Balaam, this was torture. Why is this torture? Marie, what do you mean? Some individuals like Balaam are so used to living in dark darkness, they grow to be addicted to it. They grow to love it. They grow to lust after of it. They get their cravings from doing and being around evil sources. We don't understand that because we're good and we love God, right? But these evil people, this is what they crave. When they get around someone like us who are pure and good, we're not, we're not perfect. But we are been made pure and righteous through Christ, right? We try.